Welcome to the Lone Peak Toddcast. I am your host, Todd Dawson. We will be exploring the Lone Peak experience. All right, welcome to the Lone Peak Toddcast. Uh, once again, I'm Todd Dawson, principal here at Lone Peak High School. Thank you for joining us today. I um, want to remind the listener that uh, this podcast focuses on the Lone Peak experience, and I've had a variety of guests. This is episode um, number 13, I believe, and we started this podcast a few months ago um, as a means of sharing our story and the happenings here at Lone Peak High School, and the purpose uh, behind it is to just better connect the school to the community, to students' homes and families, and to just engage in our own story and the storytelling of, of what's going on here. And so uh, today, I've invited Austin Williams. He's uh, our officer, our school resource officer here, uh, works for the Lone Peak Police Department, and we are lucky to have him uh, here in our building, and he's agreed to come and visit with me a little bit today. So welcome, Austin. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Do you want me to call you Austin or Officer Williams for the purpose of the formality of our podcast? You can do whatever you want. <laughs> I'm pretty low-key. <laughs> yeah. And this this podcast is pretty low-key, low too. So, um, well... Why don't you just uh, introduce yourself, uh, you know, talk a little bit about, um, you know, working in a school, uh, being a, being an officer, uh, working in law enforcement, and kind of how that's come together in your career, and okay. and then uh, we'll just have a few, uh, just have a dialogue today. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, this kind of started for me, the law enforcement thing, um, when I was just after serving an LDS mission, um, I came home didn't have a lot of money and was trying to look for a way to pay for my schooling. I was actually wanting to become a a child psychologist, which being a school officer kind of helps fill that passion. But uh, at the time I was working at Napa Auto Parts, driving parts around for minimum wage. And so I thought, man, if I, uh, if I become a cop, then they'll pay for my schooling and I can get my degree and I'll have a couple of years of cool stories. And so, because again, I, I don't know if anybody knows this, but I'm from Las Vegas. And so Metro, that's how Metro works here. I didn't know how the law enforcement agencies worked here. But um, so I become, I get in the academy. I get through that and um, I get done, get a job with Provo Police. And I'm there for about a year before I kind of feel like I've got the cop thing down enough to where I can now start going to school again. So I go to my HR and I'm like, hey, so I'm getting ready to go back to school. Um, how do I do the tuition reimbursement? And they looked at me with blank stares and they're like, uh, what's that? Yeah. So long story short, 15, well, now almost 17 years later, I'm, I'm still here. Um, but it's been great and I've really enjoyed it. Uh, it was a lot better than um, I thought about going back to Las Vegas to go work for Metro for that same reason. But um, I'm so much more happier here with raising a family here in Utah. But so I started with Provo in 2007. Um, I was a patrol officer for a couple of years, and then I went to the motor unit and did motors for about eight years. Um, and then after that, uh, I went back to patrol for a couple of years, and I only had th- or I had three goals in my career that I wanted to do. One was search and rescue, which I did for 10 years. The other was motorcycles, which I did for eight years, and then the third was school resource officer. And um, I couldn't do motorcycles and school resource at the same time, so... Once I came off that team, I had to wait for an opening. Got on at Provo High School, um, was there for three years, absolutely loved it, taught a law enforcement class there. Um, I'll tell you, it's one of the most draining positions I've ever held, um, if you're doing it right, because you put so much emotion into it, and you're, you're working with kids, 
I mean, the passion is there for me where I pour my heart out when I'm dealing with kids, um, whether they be lawbreakers or if they're just kids that are struggling. Like, I'm just looking for ways to help their lives get better. So, um, uh, anyways, after being at uh, Provo High for three years, um, the, my t- there they have a, a three-year assignment. So when that was up, um, I didn't want to quit doing this. So I switched over here to uh, Lone Peak Police and waited for an opening. Just happened to come up like six months after I started. So uh, I was able to slide into this position in March of last year, calendar year. So I've been here for almost a year now and uh, yeah. absolutely love it. Yeah, you're doing a great job and we love having you here. Um, uh, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the motorcycles. I'll ask you, I'll ask you a little bit about that, uh, <laughs> down the road. Um, so, <coughs> you know, as a school administrator for me, uh, one of the things that I've really benefited from in my career as an, as an administrator is, um, is relationships with, with resource officers in my building. When I was a, uh, assistant principal down in St. George, um, I was at, uh, Snow County middle school for three years and, um, there was a principal and there was an assistant principal. We had about 900 kids in the school and I was the, I was the only assistant principal. And so my resource officer really became like almost like a second administrator, yeah. a second, you know, colleague. And I just, in that role worked really closely with some awesome guys that, uh, just like you, <laughs> you know, they would come to school every day. They had, uh, you know, a desire in their heart to help kids, uh, you know, it's never about catching kids doing wrong. It's right. just so much about how do we make this a safe uh, environment? How do we make sure these kids are um, connecting with adults in positive ways? And and so early on in my um, in my administrator career, I just really understood the value of having having a you know full time. We had full time at yeah. you know, down there, and and but being able to have resource officers in the schools. So. Maybe from your perspective, so, you know, I know certainly the value of that, but what, what are you finding is the value of having an officer in, in a high school like this? Well, you know, coming from a safety aspect, having a patrol car parked out front is always a, a good thing. Um, having people know that there is a police officer here all the time usually keeps things out of our school. And statistically, I think there's only been one um, school shooting where a school resource officer was was there full time. Um, and that, that wasn't even the case until a couple of years ago when that happened for the first time. So st- statistically, it's been kept all school shootings out of the schools just to have an officer there. So just right there, it's, you know, worth its weight. Um, but as far as like the community outreach thing, like for me, um, I look at it as, as a police officer, we're constantly trying to make contacts out in the community. And we're dealing with adults who are kind of set in their ways and we may be able to influence them. We may not. Um, but what I love is that everybody has to come through with high school. And so if we have a school officer at every high school, at least, and I think we have at, in this state, we pretty much have every high school and a lot of the junior highs, but we have the opportunity to influence the all of community because as they grow up and age through, they're going to have that experience. And so I really see this as an opportunity to change the entire community in the future by my positive interactions, by the things that I can help students with. And, you know, there's different aspects of my job. There's obviously the law enforcement aspect. And I, I, I'm like you, or I, I'm not looking to get kids in trouble, but I see the value of holding kids accountable for things. And I really look at it as what do I think will be most effective to help that kid. So if it's consequences, then that's what will happen. 
if it's a conversation, then that's what will happen. If it's involving parents or uh, other resources through the school, then we'll do that. Yep. Um, but really, it comes down to having those uh, that interaction, that relationship. And I can't tell you how many kids just talk to me every day. They're, they're excited to see me. They love having interactions with me. And some of them wouldn't be the typical kids you'd think. It's sometimes the troublemakers that like me the most. Because I, I do try to enforce things in a very professional and kind way. So it, it, when they do do knucklehead things, um, I'm a good guy to deal with. And so they still like to see me after the fact. And so it's kind of fun to just drive yeah. around and have those connections, um, especially doing some of the uh, uh, United videos and things like that. That's really helped people get to know who I am and realize that I'm, I'm not this. I, everyone says I have a grumpy look on my face. It's just my thinking face. It hurts folks. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, if I'm thinking I might look mad, but really I'm one of the nicest guys to talk to or I try to be. Um, and as kids find that out, then it, my hallway walks become very enjoyable. So. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I love what you mentioned about, you know, trying to, you know, influence kids in positive ways, kind of change the community through those positive interactions. And, and really even just, you know, if kids are coming to school and having great uh, relationships and interactions with you, you know, it, it, it kind of plants a seed that, hey, you know, officers are here for our benefit. And we, we, uh, we really have, you know, a, a, a blessing in our life to to live in a society and in a community where, where law enforcement, you know, is, is proactively engaged with our kids in schools. And so I, I love that. When you also mentioned about consequences and, you know, sometimes if that's what, what kids need, then that's what they get. And I appreciate that because a lot of times, you know, re that really, I shouldn't say a lot of times, that really matches my thinking when it comes to addressing behaviors. You know, I, I always, um, as I visit with kids, you know, who've maybe made a mistake, I just say, listen, I'm, I'm going to address the behavior. It's part of my job. I've got to address the behavior. Um, I'm actually seeking a change in behavior. That's really what I want to see happen. Exactly, and yeah. so I just tell them, I'm willing to work at the lowest level possible. If having this conversation changes the behavior, then we're done. And congratulations for making better choices moving forward. You know, if you need parental support, if you need a consequence that's you know, maybe in, involves some restrictions, some, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do whatever we've got to do. But, but my hope is that you recognize that I'm just here to support you and, and making a change in behavior. Yeah. So. Usually like actually charging somebody with crime is, is the last line yeah. of, yeah. of resource. But, um, if I can see that there can be changed at a lower level, I'm always going to go that route. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, thank you. Um, so another question I have, um, uh, and, and you've touched upon this, but I want you to expound a little bit more. But what's the value of being relationship-driven? You know, you've, you've talked, you've, you haven't used that phrase, relationship-driven, but that's what you're saying. What's the value of starting with relationships um, in your role? Well, you know, even at, we're, we've been doing this as a police um, profession uh, for years now where they call it CBP, community-based policing. And the whole mantra or the whole idea is that we – get out of our cars we walk the streets we make contact with people because as we re we make those relationships with people we start getting them on our side so you don't care how much somebody knows until you know how much they care right so uh, for me until you understand who we are as police officers and we break down the walls of of this austere force and that we you realize we're regular people trying to do a job and we have good intentions then we get you on our side but but the biggest thing for me was um, 
you know, in our, in our two cities that we cover, uh, we have like 45,000 people, right? So typically on any shift, we have anywhere from three to maybe five officers. So you have three to five sets of eyes. But in the city, we have 45,000 sets of eyes that are seeing things. If we don't have the community on our side, we're not going to see a lot. We're not yep. going to be able to help a lot of problems if we don't know what's going on. So for us, having that relationship is key for us to do our job. Now, on the flip side, looking at the positives for the community, as, I'm, as I make those uh, contacts and, and relationships, now people feel comfortable coming to me with questions. And I've got students that were at the wrestling match we had last night against Pleasant Grove that graduated last year. And they're coming up to me and they're like, hey, Officer Williams, you know, uh, I had some questions about guns and, and if I can, can transport guns in my car as an 18-year-old and, and things like that. But they feel comfortable coming to me and talking to me. And so now I can influence more people following the laws because they're asking for clarification. Mm-hmm. Um, it was funny. We had, <laughs> we had a little meeting with the Alpine Youth Council. And they were asking us questions and basically saying there's no no inappropriate questions, so ask away. And they said, well, how fast can I go before I get a ticket? And so that's the common <laughs> question I get a lot. And it was funny, as I went to go answer that question, um, the thought came to me, I said, well, here's the deal. Most cops have, like, a set limit that they say, okay, 10 over, you're not, get, you're not getting a warning at that point, or 15 over, or whatever. And I said, the reason why we set those is because we want to show the community respect, and we don't want to give you tickets for two or three over. We want to give you a little bit of leeway. We want to show you that respect and not be too strict. But at the same time, we expect that same respect back and that you're not going to push the limits and go 14 over because a cop said he wouldn't cite you for until 15 over. So I kind of threw it back on them a little bit. But again, having that relationship, I had access to 30 kids at that point, and I got to get a message. And you could see all of them kind of, you know what, that's, that's true. You know, we shouldn't be trying to see how far can we go before we get in trouble. We should be showing that same respect back. And I was like, thank you. So again, having those relationships helps change mindsets and hopefully helps make the community safer in general. So Awesome. So when you think about uh, your time here at Lone Peak High School, like you said, coming up on a year uh, here in a few more weeks, um, what is Lone Peak getting right for you? What are we, what are we doing well for you and your role What's your experience been here, um, and and what would you say are some, you know, what, what's what's going right for you in your role at Lone Peak High School? Well, I know that for being such a big school population-wise, and I think we're at 2,600 uh, students thereabout, but to be such a big school and still have such a family feel, um, we have really good um, st- uh, student spirit, uh, school spirit. When I go to football games, basketball games, and, and see the student sections, um, a lot of the same people are there every game, um, and there's a lot of school spirit, which I think is great. Um, coming from Provo High, they were, it was a great school, but not well-attended games, I would say. And there wasn't a lot of pride in the school. Well, and, and a smaller school population. Well, it, they got they, pretty big, too. Though. They were about 2,300, yeah, so they weren't true. too far off. But well, that's right. they, they just there wasn't the same level of pride, um, but... You know, talking to students here, they are very proud to be a Lone Peak Knight, and I love that fact. Um, I see a lot of awesome, awesome kids outreaching to other kids, um, good friendships. Uh, we've had some kids that have been struggling the last couple of years that I've had to deal with, and I've been very impressed to see their, their friend support system and, uh, and how good they're treated. So I, I've loved having that as a resource, too. Um, a lot of times when kids are struggling in my last school, they didn't have – 
very many people in their corner. And that was really hard because I can't be in their corner all the time just because I'm pulled different directions and I go off duty. And so to have somebody that can be with them more often and, and be with them, uh, I think is really key too. So it's been really good. Great. So without, you know, getting, you know, breaking any privacy or, you know, in, in scenarios or specific stories, how have you found success in partnering with school staff in helping students, whether that be admin, teachers, counselors, advocates? How have you found that to be as you partner with the adults in the building? You know, this really is the whole, uh, it takes a village to raise a child. Um, all of us have different skill sets, different personal abilities and, uh, and personalities. And so as we work together, I mean, I've I've worked with a lot of teachers. Um, I've worked mainly with the uh, with the advocates and the counselors and the uh, principals. Um, but I've worked with several teachers too that come to me and say, "Hey, I've got a student who's struggling. Um, I just found out that you know a parent passed away or something happened, divorce happened, um, and they they either they just trust me because of the position or they've um, they they've through relationships they know that I'm somebody they can come to, but um, they don't come to me because the kid needs to be arrested. They're right. coming to me because he needs a helping hand and he needs, you know, somebody to be there and, and talk with him. So I love that they're able to come to me and I can come to them. And I've come to teachers and I've said, hey, I've got a one of your students that you may not know this, but this was shared in confidentiality. And I got permission from that student to, to let you know so that when you're there in your class, you understand why this behavior might be happening. Um, or maybe he might need a break or something like that. But uh, as we do that, it's just been um, an opportunity to make all of our efforts just work together uh, in a, almost in a multiplication system where we're, we're really increasing our output a yep. lot by working together and, and having those. So. Yeah, that synergy, right, between multiple people working in the same direction, you know, it's not one plus one is two, it's one plus one is three, right? The well, kind of, kind yeah. of that, that compounding it, of combining your efforts synergy yeah yeah and being able to, to to move the needle in somebody's life in a positive way to to help them right and and as you get to know each other like the different staff members that I work with you get to know who's who excels at a certain area you know and so um, you know who to go to and and that may be me one day but it may be a counselor the next day or maybe an advocate and so having those relationships knowing who you can go to if we didn't have those relationships, we'd still be wondering. Uh, I, I know that somebody could probably help you, but I'm not quite sure who that is. Uh -huh. So yeah. um, it's, it's really key. So Yeah. So um, I asked you a few minutes ago about what's Lone Peak getting right for you, but what are some things that you think our school could do better, whether that be, you know, just observations maybe you've made or things specific to your role or specific to the work that you're doing what, uh, you know, is there a greater support you could use? Is there a problem you're seeing? Uh, just what are maybe, maybe an area of uh, concern or improvement that we ought to look at? You know, <clears throat> thinking about this, there, there really is only one thing. Um, and it kind of spreads out a little bit, but there's so many things that we were doing right here that um, it, it took me a second to figure this out. But bullying is not really something we see here. We don't see bullying on campus. But what, we, what I'm seeing is online. Um, there is a lot of stuff that's graphically shared online. And there's different forums. And um, I was actually just made aware of uh, another one 
where it literally says, this is anonymous. No one knows who you are. Say what you want. And people got on there and said some pretty graphic things. And I'm thinking, we're, we're such a high class school. Why are we doing this? You know, and, and some, some of it's pretty hurtful at times. And so um, I think the one thing that we can do is we're awesome out in the view of everyone else. We need to work on being awesome behind closed doors too. Um, and this trickles over into like sometimes our sporting events where we're cheering for our team, but then we're starting to say some pretty rude things to the other team. And I get it. You know, we've all been in uh, a spectator and we all got our, our school spirit, but I don't think our spirit should involve tearing down somebody else's school spirit. And so I think that's really the only thing that I, I think that if we can be who we are on the outside, we can also be that on the inside and just really start sharing an example of what a world-class school is and what it looks like. And it's one that we don't just uplift ourselves. We want to uplift everybody. Yeah. And when we're home and we're online and we have a username that disguises who our actual identity is, that we're still that same person. And we might as well put our real name on there because we're going to talk to people with respect and, and, and love and not all this negative that I see <laughs> going yeah, through. And, yeah. it, and it really does affect a lot of people, sometimes not even the target. Sometimes it's other people that are on that thread and they're seeing the same behaviors. And even though it's not them that's being targeted, they're, it's still hurting them because they're seeing that it's happening mm -hmm. and it's making them feel like it's not a safe place. And so if we could focus on that and just really being true knights yep. on our, behind closed doors and be honorable... That's really, we'd, if we did that, we'd all be translated because <laughs> yeah, we're just be, doing awesome. That'd be so. a great, uh, great thing to have. I, you know, I've, I often say to myself, I say it to others, you know, that none of us is awesome at our worst, yeah. right? And, and each of us yeah. is awesome at our best. And, and really a mindset of saying, you know, how am I bringing my best to, um, you know, those that I'm talking to, those that I'm interacting with, you know, there's, there's, Things that I think any one of us could say, yeah, when I did that, I, yeah, it's not a moment I could be proud of, right? Because right? yeah. each of us, uh, none of us is awesome at our worst. But I really know that every kid in this building, every teacher, every parent, every person is awesome at their best. And so it's, it's trying to figure out how do we encourage that? How do we embrace that? How do we, how do we let that be part of our identity is when you interact with me, what you're going to get from me is my best. You know, I'm going to be trying to treat you well, be kind to you, be respectful, you know, be honest, um, you know, just all the attributes, like you say, of being a true knight, right? Well, and I'm, I'm right there with you because with students and kids and people in general, I, I have a firm belief that everybody has good intentions. Sometimes they just have a really bad way of attaining them and maybe an unhealthy way of obtaining them. But deep down, they all are just awesome, good people. And it's a matter of trying to figure out how to unlock that in each person. Mm -hmm. um, some, you know, looking at people in our community, you kind of write some people off just saying, oh, that guy's an idiot or that guy's just a bad guy. Um, I've never really been one of those people. Um, I really think that there is value to everybody. And it's just a matter of unlocking that and seeing them flourish. And a lot of times it just takes that one person to kind of believe in you and get you enough to believe in yourself mm -hmm. and once you can get somebody to believe in their self that's when you really start seeing the change and so some of these kids that are struggling or are just having a rough time whether it be from family life or or lack of friends or or having a hard time in school <laughs> scholastically 
a lot of times it's just getting down to them and getting them to believe in themselves. And once you do that, then you can see a lot of change. But uh, these kids that are making these comments and, and uh, saying things, these things online, when you meet them and you find out who they are, they're great people. And it's sure. so... And, I, and I'm sure it's a, a lapse in judgment or it was a bad decision at the time, and usually they regret it. Um, but I think yeah. the thing we need to remember is stuff online, it's there forever. It kind of lives on. It's one of those things. So just being a little bit more cautious as you put things. But, yeah, seriously, I, I think all these kids are good, and, and we're really not that far away from just making everybody just awesome. Yeah. And so these tweaks are nothing huge. I think it's just little things. So uh, one of the final things here I'll ask you is we, as we uh, – wind down our time together. Um, you know, I often tell people or, you know, a, a thing that I've adopted is, you know, and I actually told our faculty this just uh, on Wednesday in our meeting. I said, you know, each of us is a story. Sorry, each of us is a character in the story told around the dinner table. Yeah. You know, and that uh, we have a lot of control in, in, in how we're portrayed in that story, you know, and so with that in mind, what are, what are some of the stories that you would hope kids would tell about Officer Williams uh, to their parents? What, what would you hope they would say about you around the dinner table? And so this is actually, <clears throat> in my last school, I would actually pull kids in my office randomly that I didn't know, and I would bribe them with candy and tell them, tell me what the word on the street is about me. And sometimes I, it wasn't pleasant. It was uh, negative, and uh, I had to break up a mosh pit at a dance, and they kept mosh pitting like three or four times. And I finally got in the middle and I used my big boy voice and started kind of yelling at kids, threatening to drag them out and side for with uh, disorderly conduct. And apparently that didn't go over so well. Sure. And so I got me, I gave me a bad rep for a little bit that I was just this really jerky guy. But I found that out by pulling a student in my, in my office saying, Hey, what did you, what do you hear about me? And that's what they told me. So I said, sure. all right, cool. So I had to try to mend that. But so this is something that's very important to me is that I want, I want that view to be, positive i want them to be able to go and say hey officer williams is a nice guy that's approachable um that he's but i'm also going to do my job um i don't think i'm doing anybody favors by being nice and just letting everybody get away with stuff sure, right and so i want them to know hey i'm going to take care of business i'm going to keep you guys safe i'm going to enforce laws that i think are important and are affecting people's safety but i'm going to do it with respect and and there you're never going to get judgment from me as far as looking down on you or anything like that, it's going to be, and if I do enforce things, it's going to be explained and, and respectful. Yeah. But I want them to say, hey, Officer Williams is a, is a funny guy. He's a nice guy. Um, you know, I, when you were doing the Santa Claus thing, I mean, I'm throwing on this mullet yeah, wig and glasses. <laughs> and, and I'm just trying to come out. And it's just funny things like that. I, I was driving around the parking lot one morning, and I brought a sound bar, and I stuck it on my light bar in my police car, and I was playing bad boys from inner circle like the cops theme song so i'm driving on the parking lot and i'm just bopping my head with my windows down and kids are like oh yeah yeah you know but that's the thing it's it's just stuff like that that breaks down that wall mm -hmm. and people are like hey that's a cool cop and um i actually have had kids come up to me say yeah you uh you arrested me before or you gave me a ticket before and and i'm never a like it's never an awkward situation because i yep. know that everybody i've done that to i've tried them, i've treated them well yeah and they've said that. They've said, you know, you know, out of, it was a bad situation, but I appreciated what you did. Right. And, and so that's my ultimate goal is uh, to let everyone know that I'm approachable, I'm nice, and I'm also going to help yeah. the goal of keeping everyone safe. You're going to so. fulfill your, your duty and do your role and do it kind and fairly. Yep. So I love that. 
And, well, du- and, and you better not be sloughing down at the duck pond. I'm just telling you. <laughs> yeah, get to class. Right? <laughs> so um, I had mentioned earlier, or when you talked about the motorcycles, I was going to circle back and just ask you about that. So um, what, what did you love about your, your time as a motorcycle cop? What was that like for you? So for, I'm dating myself, but Chips was like one of my favorite sure, shows yeah. growing up. And so... Uh, the original Chips, I, right? Did yes. they ever do a remake or a movie or they something? They did it, yeah. I, okay, to but, be honest, but, I don't even think I saw the movie. Yeah, but, but the, the series, the TV not, series with yeah. Ponch and John, that was... Yeah, the original. Inspiring, uh, right? And <laughs> I always wanted to be the Ponch with the ladies, but the John with the... Uh, the level-headed thinking, and um, <laughs> I think I didn't really hit either one of those. But um, but no, so uh, when I was at Provo, I was on motors full-time for eight years, and I absolutely loved it. It was a lot of ticket riding, unfortunately, but again, I, I didn't enforce things that were petty, so it wasn't too bad. But what I loved was I got to do river trail patrols, and so I get to ride the Provo River all the way up to Oh, yeah, I've seen people uh, doing South that. Fork, yeah. yeah. So I would do that a lot. Um, I love doing the parades because, again, that's where you get to interact with people. Um, high-fiving kids is, like, my favorite thing to do in the parades. So a lot of times if you guys uh, come to countywide parades, because we do every parade in the county, um, if you see a motorcycle cop after the whole procession has gone by and he's still coming by doing high-fives afterward, that's probably me. <laughs> um, I'm, yeah. And sometimes I'll have a couple little fall suit, but uh, when I'm done, all the guys, they want to go get a drink, and I'm like, no, I'm going back through, guys. I'm yeah, doing this again. It's fun to. And, uh, but uh, now that I've come, so at Provo, when I became a school officer, they took me off the motorcycle team. But uh, here, um, we don't have a full-time dedicated team, so I still get to ride, and I'm still an instructor for the motorcycle. So, as much as I can in the summer, I'll ride. But then also, uh, I like bringing it here to the school because when it's school gets out, it's gridlock. And the bike is a good way that I can actually still get around yeah. despite everything being locked down. So when uh, the weather permits, I'll, I'll have that here. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely a, a fun way to get paid. That's awesome. So. Well, uh, you're doing a great job here, and I really appreciate you uh, each day and appreciate you joining me today on this uh on the LP Toddcast. Uh, Thank you very and, much. And, you know, maybe down the road I'll, I'll have you back on and, and we'll maybe talk about some other topics. Um, but uh, what a pleasure to sit down for half an hour and pick your brain on a couple things and, and let you tell tell the story, you know, uh, to the listener and, and share a little bit about you and about, you know, what you're experiencing here at Lone Peak High School. That's the goal of, of this podcast. And I think uh, I think that's what we accomplished today. So thank you so much. And, Absolutely, thank you. Uh, we'll thank the listener for uh, engaging with us here and remind you to be kind, be courageous, and be a knight. Thank you. Thank you.